You're listening to a sermon preached at Cross and Crown in Melbourne. We believe that God speaks through the Bible and he calls us to preach the word in season and out of season. We pray that as you listen, you'll be strengthened to know, love and live for Jesus. To start us off, maybe can you introduce yourself, your family and how many children you have and Wendy and this is Alfred and we have two children in this church. Uh, we have one that is in heaven with Jesus in between the two kids and uh, Michelle is already an adult. She got married start of this year. Marcus is my third child who got married in April. A journey. <laughs> <laughs> and um, basically I work as a learning assistant in a Christian school helping special need kids so that's my something that i really enjoy and god put a passion in me uh yeah and uh i'm still in uh, it security um yeah still working yeah um even as uh parents are already uh probably um, still in the journey I, I i believe that parenting you never end you know even despite that uh, we now have adult kids or married with the family Cool. Thank you, Uncle. Thank you, Auntie. So we have their kids actually here. If you want to check the fruit of their parenting. <laughs> All right. Um, can you share your personal journey raising your children and, and the lessons you've learned? Um, yeah, for, for us, um, parenting was no easy feat, right? Uh, we uh, Many, many years ago, we all started out this journey as uh, first-time parents also, right? Um, like uh, many of you here. Um, and the truth is that, um, you know, it was never easy, right? Uh, managing kids uh, had never been easy, not because uh, uh, they are by nature difficult, but just because they do not know. Um, and for us, you know... Um, also, you might have been recipient of uh, poor parenting uh, at some point, maybe, you know, and uh, this is something that sometimes you like to kind of fix into your own family unit. Um, and But when you're struggling with, like, raising your own kids, uh, you at times feel that, you know, you're almost failing uh, because, you know, you seem to be bringing back the old parenting style that you did not uh, like. Um, so, I... I but, you know, I, I remember that, you know, in our journey, um, where we started it, we realized that, you know, as we heard from Psalms 127 that was just covered by Reese, right? Um, it's, uh, parenting is a calling. Um, and for us, then, it was necessary for us to start with providing a safe and secure home for children, right? Of which then they have good psychological well-being uh, that they can draw from. Um, and... Creating a safe and secure home meant for us also that it was necessary to provide a structure um, and uh, um, the structure and you know authority structure and that comes from the fact that uh, um, you know the, the the priority of where the parents are in the household the parents being the head of the household and um, as God is the head of the church right um, that meant also for us that um, it is um, well. What you know? What what's the priority of the husband and wife relationship over the parent and child relationship? Um, so in 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 having a structure, it was we felt that it was also important for us to also have um, well you know rules uh, boundaries for the children uh, with within which they can grow and develop. 
right? Um, it, it, it meant that, you know, the children, you know, there, there were rules where we will say, uh, from an etiquette standpoint, you know, shyness was not a reason for a child not to uh, greet someone, right, and respect your elders. Um, it might mean also some things around uh, behavior, like, you know, there's a bit time, uh, uh, and, and you don't go beyond that, you know, without any other reasonable uh, case. Um, and it might also mean, you know, the interrupt rule. Um, Dowser speaking, there's a way to interrupt, you know, um, or even for some obedience, right, for well-being and safety, uh, it's necessary for children to have sometimes first-time obedience uh, for just because it may be a safety situation that we encounter. Um, so, so, and, and, and giving a safe home meant for us also uh, United Parenting, which I think Wendy is going to just cover a little bit more. Um, so, so for us, um, it was um, a great, great, great point that uh, Reese brought up too. In terms of when you have rules, uh, we also had to deliver it with love and firmness. Um, discipline is always uh, maybe sometimes taboo in some families, but well, I, I, I guess for us learning about uh, discipline was that it, it should not be misconstrued that discipline is always about capital punishment. Um, in fact, in fact, we, we felt that, you know, by learning the whole process of uh, discipline, um, you distinguish between childishness and foolishness. Childishness would be unwise decision, um, uh, spur of the moment, uh, situation and therefore that doesn't warrant any other thing more than um, just admonishment, right? And and there's foolishness, right? Foolishness will be something of outright defiance or um, just um, um, just 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 um, purely um, done out of uh, more um, foolish intent there, and and therefore then that requires probably a more consequential punishment, which sometimes might mean deprive, deprivation of certain things like property or phone or something but I I think that that was what my learning was yeah uh, first I just want to qu um, qualify there's no perfect parent there's no perfect children so don't beat yourself up when you think you fail um, uh, your past with your parents whether they are Christians or not um, tend to have an influence on how you parent your children uh, so it's something that you need to watch. Uh, well, I find I, I came from a non-Christian home, so I never had any foundation. And when we had, when we got married, there's no manual on marriage. When we had children, there's no manual on children. So we rely on resources that if the church can provide would be helpful. And um, so when you come from a non-Christian home, you find that you need to change your mindset about um non-Christian perspective versus what is God imprinted on your heart and what's from the Bible. Um, I also learned to partner with God because there are times where you, you, you get on your knees and say, God, what have I done wrong? But, you know, God knows your children more than you know them. And they, He knows what's the end destination. You don't. But you partner with Him and, and learn along the way. And most of the time, not only are you raising your children and shaping them, but you are also, God is also shaping you to be a better person. So go on the ride, enjoy the journey, you know. And um, I also learned that children is your for your stewardship. You don't own them. Uh, 
primarily as parents, you are accountable for training your child's heart. Because you, you, don't, you don't just want to correct the outward behavior, but you want to train the heart and train them to love God and love others. And that's what God called all of us to do, you know. And we model the behavior for them. And they watch you. They sponge a lot from you when they're little. Uh, as they get older, they may question the things that you do. Uh, why did you do that? And why can you do that as a parent? Why can't I as a child? But they learn over time that if you are consistent and you, um, you model the behavior consistently, they catch it. And they learn it. They measure it against the, the word of God. Uh, I also found that um, when they are little, they are like a, they have a moral, like a moral warehouse. There's nothing input into it. And as parents, is you have a, a blanket sheet to work on. So the more you input when they are young, when they grow up, they will remember what they learn. And they do come back, even if they walk away from the Lord. They do come back. Uh, I, I'm, my two kids have gone through that journey. So I know what it's like. It's painful, but you know, when you watch the rewards of it, you find you thank God for who they are today. Um, yes, United Parenting, as Alfred has said, is quite important because it's um, some kids know how to play one parent against the other. It's it's normal. <laughs> they do that. But you know, if you're united, you know that uh you don't go like ask your dad, you know, or ask your mom. But you, you both need to be consistent on the same page. And uh that's why the husband rela uh wife relationship is a priority in the household, in your household. And um uh what else is important? Mm. And, and teaching a child to be other-centered rather than self-centered um, can be a testimony for them to others. Because I remember when the kids were little, uh, we, we had situations where we take time off from the children to celebrate our wedding anniversary. So we had non-Christian, whether church friends or um, family that babysit them. And the child will behave like, you know, they, because they act out what they know and what you have trained them. And my brothers came back and said, you know, I'm surprised that they actually really care for each other without you telling them. You know, one would sacrifice for the other for food and whatever. And, you know, it's a testimony to the community that you have. So it's not, like he say, it's a calling. It's not just for fun, you know, just or oh, part of the process, just do it. It's a calling, and God calls you to be inputting him into their life. Uh, love him, and love the others around him. So that's the training that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so the, the next question, how has the church been helpful and unhelpful in shaping your children? Um, for helpful, I see as um, church can run courses or training programs like this to focus on Christian parenting, to give them tools and resources, uh, and have your BLT members journey with you. 
because whether they are singles in your BLT or other parents, you share resources, you share experiences, you encourage one another. So that's, that's how I see the church can help you. Um, not doing anything is not helpful. Not providing a platform for parents to share, encourage one another, journey together, it's, it just leads nowhere. Um, yeah, I for for on this question, um, no, I take my uh, guidance from uh, you know Proverbs twenty two, right, which is basically uh, train your children up in the way they should go, right, and that uh, when they're old, they will not depart from it. Um, I feel that you know this verse actually guided us for very much um, in that uh, the primary responsibility of uh, spiritual upbringing of our children is still us as parents. Um, the church. Um, uh, provides a uh, complementary uh, support role, right? Um, you know, to kind of help us raise children uh, by giving us um, the input on that. Uh, ultimately, it's um, us parents that who hold the ultimate responsibility. Um, uh, like like this platform of having a workshop, you know, is certainly one of the uh, complementary support systems that uh, we are really getting the benefit of, and uh, and and it's even more important than in, in you know as. We see here in this audience that many are going through, uh, you know, different development phases with their children. So that this support structure will continue to grow. Thank you. Um, so, the other, the another question is, uh, how has Jesus or the gospel made a difference in your parenting? Um, since I come from a non-Christian em uh, environment. Um, I noticed that um, we in Asia, in Asian culture, we tend to be achievement reward oriented, and sometimes you achieve in order to receive an affirmation. But I think what Jesus model is unconditional love, and when even when we discipline, we we do it out of love. So there are times tough love comes in even though you find that it's an unpleasant situation that you have to deal with your, with your child, but you are propelled to do it because it's um, out of your love for the children. You want them to love God. You want them to be on the right path. I um, not well, I, do you agree that you know, we're living a time whereby you know, the world values um, and beliefs uh, all acceptable, right? Except Christian ones. Uh, this is always out there in the news, right? So for us, what raising children distinctive, you know, from a Christian's perspective was that we rely a lot on um, the biblical guidance, right, to uh, guide um, our children, right? Um, because uh, where where the world might uh, accept things that really is totally irrational. Um, the Bible is the one that really gives us a really grounding and the you know strong principles of uh, how to raise our children. Um, it, you know, it, it, it is a place whereby it gives us biblical truths, uh, godly behavior, uh, values and beliefs, right? Um, and and the, the important task for us, uh, you heard many times from Wendy, is that uh, there are times even, you know, because we as parents, um, you know, there's no perfect parents as there are no perfect children, and we falter. But they think it's that, you know, there's always this uh, assurance that, you know, because God made them and gave it, our children to us, you know, as stewards, um, we know that, you know, he will always um, 
be there with them uh, every step of the way and with us every step of the way. Um, I, uh, your, all, all, all our children have gone through um, a period whereby they have also backslidden, uh, you know, and or became lukewarm. But, you know, the Lord knew uh, they, they, there was really deep input to them and they ultimately came back again to the Lord, right? So, yeah, that was our... So that, that has always been something for that great benefit of being, you know, um, God-centered. Thank you. Thanks. Um, the next question is, uh, how have you sought to integrate your children into the church? I think for us, we, we have established some routines when we had started having children. Uh, spending time in devotion with your child individually. Uh, prayer time as a family. Uh, where not just us praying for the children, but the children praying for us, even when they were little. So it became a weekly or fortnightly thing. As they grow older, there's less time with them. So it became a monthly prayer time as a family. Um, children attending kids' church or youth consistently, which can be quite hard when they become youth and young adults. Um, just modeling the church life in a family. That's how we do things. So, and then, you know, sometimes the child of a fellow BLT member can become your, your child's lifelong friend. Uh, we had, in the past, we had um, BLT in Singapore that my daughter grew up with another friend in the same BLT. And now today, uh, the friend who is overseas come, comes over and become a bridesmaid for her. You know, it's, it's such a lifelong thing. They are in their 20s, but they have been friends for that long. So that BLT thing is quite an Im important influence for your children. Nothing more to add. And uh, the, the last question is, uh, what would you hope Cross and Crown prioritizes as we think about how to love the children in our church? having a kids program that caters for different age development of children in church, um, having some teaching like what we have here, um, older parents mentoring younger parents, some of these things that Cross and Crown can consider. I mean, it's over time. You, you build this over time. That's all I have. Uh, yeah, the problem. Thank you, uh, Uncle Alfred and Auntie Wendy, uh, for your wisdom. Uh, if you have any questions for them, of course, go to there, and uh, they'll be back. Or oh, Auntie Wendy will be back to, to discuss it. Thank you. <laughs>
Yeah, so John and I, we met in Aberdeen, Scotland, and we were married um, in the church I was going to then at the time. And when we'd been married two and a half years, we decided to move to America um, with John's job. So we are a very young couple, young marriage, um, leaving a country that we had grown up in, and we traveled to a foreign land. Um, and soon after we were there, our first child was born, and that was a um, huge journey for us. She does all the talking for me. So. <laughs> no, no, no. Has not, hasn't asked that question yet, love. Oh, no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask it so you can... <laughs> come, come on, Christian, you're taking time here, man. Can you, can you share your personal journey of raising your children and, and the lessons yeah. you, you may have learned? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. I'd love, I'd love to share. <laughs> um, yeah, so after two and a half years of marriage, like I said, we left um, Aberdeen and everything that was familiar to us. And um, so we moved to a foreign country, and when I was 24, I found out I was pregnant, and John was only 25. So that's maybe younger than a lot of the young couples in our church at the moment. So I was quite a young, young couple and a young mom. So um, when Beth was born, obviously we had no immediate family around us. And um, we also were trying to navigate a culture that we didn't really understand. I don't know if any of you have ever lived in America, but it's quite different. They might speak English, but um, that's about where it ends. They were very different people, lovely people, but um, quite different from us. And then when Beth was nine months old, um, we moved countries again. We moved all the way down to Melbourne with um, John's job. And that was another adventure. Grab the mic. <laughs> Actually, what Alison failed to mention, which um, isn't in our notes, is that uh, we were two days in the U.S., just signed an apartment, um, and she decided to say, John, I think I'm pregnant. And so, actually, that, that, uh, that, that uh, uh, best laid plans, etc. cetera. Um, and I do remember uh, we didn't have a car, so it was raining. I ran... I was a lot fitter in those days, ran probably a kilometer down to the the uh, pharmacist to get pregnancy test, came back, she came back, said, yeah, it's positive. I said, no, I'm a scientist, N of two at least. So I ran down and got another one, And uh, but yes, it was. So, so, so you might have guessed I'm a scientist, so that's what took us also to here, uh, to, to Melbourne. Um, and uh, so whenever we were in Australia, we uh, Josh was born in, in 2000. So, um, But in between times, before Josh came along, we did... Um, I'm Welsh as well, so I'm a bit emotional. So, <laughs> But um, we did lose uh, another child. So we're, we're a family of three, but actually a family of four. So similar to uh, Wendy and uh, Alfred. Um, so when, when Josh was born, um, we didn't, we were still quite young and, uh, so we didn't really have any idea, 
um, either to the medical professionals that uh, he had Down syndrome. And uh, that was a big shock at the time. And uh, and it was a shock, actually, for the medical professionals. They they basically went back on over all their charts, etc., to see why they had missed this. Um, so it was a it was a it was a shock and a time when we navigated a lot of emotions. And the Lord was really uh, precious to us there, where we had emotions of joy, of of grief, of of loss, of of thankfulness, um, and also of the unknown. What uh, what the Lord had for us um, with uh, with Josh, um, and that also shaped. Our family, it shaped our relationship with the Lord. Um, and uh, two years later, um, we had Rihanna, who claims to be, she's going to fact check everything we say here. Um, so she's, she's, she likes to think that we, we stopped at Rihanna because she was the perfect child. But anyway. <laughs> um, but we actually, before, uh, with, with Rihanna, we, we did do a lot of, of prayer and acceptance uh, because we did have a higher risk of a child having um, a disability or Down syndrome as well. And it uh, just shows you how faithful uh, the Lord is because while we were praying that, we didn't realize that Alison was already pregnant. Um, so, uh, and we actually couldn't understand why. Well, we know why, but... Um, <laughs> How she, how she actually did, because she was breastfeeding uh, Josh at the time and uh, a few other things. And, and we sort of really held that, that, that the Lord was obviously in that. Um, uh, so whenever we were praying those things, uh, she, actually, Alison was already pregnant. So the Lord goes, goes before you. Um, let's see if there's anything else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I suppose one of the early challenges that I had was, um, well, there's only two years between Josh and Rihanna, but with Josh's developmentally for a time, it felt like I had twins. Um, I had the twin pram, so I know how to nav- how difficult that is to navigate in a supermarket and when you're shopping. Um, yeah, and they did a lot of things similar. You know, there was a lot of... Um, yeah, they were sort of at the same stage for a while until Rihanna sort of took over. Um, Josh, Josh, he didn't walk till he was two and a half, so I had um, yeah, two little children who weren't walking, who needed pushed or picked up, and just all the you know daily living with that. Um, also, Josh, Joshua's health—he wasn't the wellest of children. He is now, but he had a lot of um, respiratory issues, ENT issues, trips to hospital, therapists, doctor's appointments, lots of additional things that you have if you've got children with special needs. Um, what were they? That was probably, that's probably the main, th- I've got a lot more, but that's probably the main things. So I suppose from all that and and th- those are obviously practical things and and just that journey um and i suppose in what you said about the lessons um that we encountered or or the lord taught us um i think you know every every family is unique um in the sense that the lord brings 
together and they have sinful kids. Um, but it's wonderful how the Lord uh, sort of speaks into the life of your family. So sometimes, you know, you can say do this or do that, but it doesn't always happen. So we sort of like just say that the lessons that we've learned is first first one, major one, is, is just a dependency on the Lord. Um, just seeking the Lord for his provision, for his wisdom, for his strength and his grace in, in our marriage as, as a man and wife, but also as a family with our, our children as well. And also just for bringing up children, um, with three very different needs, um, that, uh, each child has, has different needs. They're, they're, as, uh, Reese was saying, they're, they're sort of the image of, of, of the Lord and are unique in that way. And sometimes that's hard in parenting because, uh, I will say this, didn't say this to you, <laughs> but, um, you, you love all your children equally, but I will tell you that you see parts of yourself in your children and sometimes you get on better with that part and sometimes you don't actually, <laughs> you see that. And so it's actually, um, looking at each one and loving them equally. And you can only do that not from yourself, but um, through the grace and love that the Lord provides uh, for you. Um, another thing, and I'll let Alison uh, do a couple as well, but the one thing that I certainly wrestled with, and I think Alison's the same, is just on God's sovereignty um, in our lives. Uh, It is just so tremendous how God is overall, no matter what happens. And whenever Josh was born, um, I actually have bipolar disorder, and uh, and I wasn't diagnosed whenever Josh was born, and that impacted me uh, quite a lot. Um, but the Lord really dealt with me in my own walk with him, um, and when Josh was, was born, you know, sometimes you, you, not an audible voice, but sometimes it's waiting upon the Lord, you, you hear a, a still voice. And one thing that struck me, uh, that I heard that was basically the Lord placed on my heart. Are you, are you sad for Joshua because he's got this or are you sad for yourself? Because now all your plans are out the window. And uh, the Lord really challenged me um, in my selfishness, in my um, perhaps thinking I've got everything sorted and where my life was going. And uh, I can tell you that I've never, ever regretted God's sovereignty in my life and that he is the one that is um, giving our good and our good is not comfort or success or wealth. Our good is making us Christ-like. And sometimes that ha- that's, that, that's hard. But embrace it because he loves you. And he does this through, through the family as well. Um, I think um, 
an experience that I would take away is that God is faithful, very faithful. In all the experience I had of being um, a young mum with young children, um, he was always going before me. And when I didn't have family or close friends that I could call up and maybe ask their advice or their support, um, it was the Lord that I had to turn to. And I'm actually very glad that he took me away from my comfort zone because it um, it was a real turning point in my Christian life that I had to turn to him. Um, and now I turn to him first if I need um, help, but he's so faithful and he just goes before you. And um, he's sufficient. He he is all you need. I mean, we had each other. We had our young baby. We had Josh. We had Rihanna. And um, friends are great. And Christian community is, is wonderful and a real provision. But God really is sufficient. And um, I can testify he does supply everything that you need. And a close relationship with him is one of the things that I have because of the situations he's put me in. I would never change that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That was really uh, vulnerable and an awesome testimony to, to God. Um, next question. Uh, how has the church been helpful and unhelpful in shaping your children? So helpful. The church um, was helpful in providing community and support um, for us. Um, living in America, the we got involved with a really lovely church. They're a really good church. And the women were fantastic uh, to me. Not only did they give me like practical like parenting advice, but they um, gave me clothes and um, toiletries. They held a baby shower for me. And they gave me so many things. I hardly think I had to buy anything for my first child. They really supplied everything. And spiritually, <clears throat> there was a, a young mom's Bible study, which was led by an older woman, which was um, good because she had the experience of being on the journey with Christ longer, but she was also an older um, mother. So it was a group for pregnant moms and then new moms. So we could also build relationships with these other um, younger women who had children and then we had the maturity of the older woman as well um, it was that was a really precious thing um, what else? What else does that say? No. Um, no thank you um, Oh, yes, Sunday school as well, teaching of young children like formerly in the church and as they grew up having youth groups or BLTs where they can still be taught from God's word and form um, really good relationships like Wendy was saying. You know, they can form lifelong friendships, um, which is good. Which bit have I missed? Oh, yeah. And for younger kids, a crash is really important. Um, mums need fed from the word as well. And it's important that children can be looked after during church. And a church roster for church, for the creche, shouldn't just involve the parents of the children that are there. It needs to involve the whole church. Um, I understand that babies and little kids need their mums. Um, but the mums, they need to be fed as well from the word, to sit for half an hour, 45 minutes, and listen to the Lord in the church service so that they can go home um, strengthened, 
and courage so that they in turn can feed their children spiritually at home. I'll do the unhelpful. It should be short, short and sweet. Um, I think from our experience with our children, the most unhelpful thing is inconsistency um, in the church as far as Christian fundamentals go. Um, so we have to be doers of the word, not only hearers. And um, sometimes churches can major on the minor and be quite legalistic, especially in regards to bringing up children. Um, they can say, do this and don't do that. And rather than actually um, embracing um, the parents and loving them and their journey, um, they tend to be, um, can be just do X, Y, and Z. And sometimes that can be quite uh, difficult. And we've had experiences like that, especially in teenage, um, where there was quite a, a push at one point in the US, and I think it probably came to Australia as well in regards to purity and purity rings and this type of thing. So sometimes it's, it's, it's done in the right view, but it's not always biblical. And it actually... Uh, moves into what I call, and I think Chandler calls, uh, um, behavior modification. And that isn't the gospel. And it actually can be quite damaging, especially to young, young families and, uh, and, and young parents as well. Um, so sometimes that, that can be rather than, than gospel living, because sometimes it's difficult. Uh, you know, it's easier to behavior modify and be seen to be a nice Christian, a nice family, rather than actually um, gospel living. So yeah, that would be unhelpful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, the next question is, uh, how has Jesus or the gospel made a difference in your parenting? Mm. So I, I think in some senses what I sort of think is, is distinctives. Um, and I think one of the things that, that for us, anyway, it's primarily the focus, and I think Reese touched on this as well. Um, Christ is the focus. So in your marriage, um, in some senses, you, uh, marriages can be quite transactional. You know, you do this for me and I'll do that for, for you. That's not the gospel. That's not a, a Christian marriage. And very often, um, that can be the same with, uh, with children is that as long as you're behaving, then you get this. And the child is saying, well, dad, you've got to do this for me. But ultimately, it's battling against that to say that Christ is the head of this home and is the focus for all that we do. So we're there to serve and worship through the family and through our parenting to Christ and Christ alone. And in that, once we have that um, vertical relationship right, then I think the horizontal works itself out. And sometimes that can be messy and you do things wrong. And uh, But it marks, because we're, we're looking to Christ, then repentance is part of that. And um, sacrificial love is part of that. Um, we're not to please ourselves, 
in some senses, which we can we can go into as parents, but also we're not to. Sorry, I probably broke it there. Um, um, but we're also not to, as as Rhys said, is is make the child the focus for everything. And my fear is that, that that's a lot of parenting, one on one in the world. That the child is almost like a little god. That you've got to keep them as happy as 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 you can. Um, and also, I think you know the focus, but also there's a there's a real difference in the goal. So what what is the goal um, for a Christian family rather than a than a worldly family, if you like? Because I think um, sometimes the world equips children, uh, you know, to be happy and successful. That's the main thing. You know, they say, well, you've got to be successful, you've got to be happy, and they put their faith in some senses education, which is a good thing, but not whenever you put your faith in it. It's not a god. Um, financial independence, um, self-sufficiency, uh, you know, reliance on self. Um, so with those things, we've got to be counter culture to that as, as Stott, uh, sort of refers to. And, you know, we, we really are to equip our children. What I would say is that, you know, to be reliant on Christ, not reliant on self. Um, and also to teach them that Christ is not only your savior, but he's also your Lord. I think as Christians, we can present part of the gospel, um, where it's salvation. And I think if you focus too much on that, then that in itself is idol worship because it's, I don't want to go to hell. And so if he's not your Lord, but you're just looking as your savior, um, then you end up um, parenting in the wrong manner, um, and uh, yeah, and and to acknowledge the Lord in all um, it is. So we, we've talked a little about Psalms and and Proverbs, and there's some really great um, aspects through the Scripture there. One one uh, thing that I think you know with Solomon, who's teaching his children, um, one of the passages that I think you can't go wrong with is sort of Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And I think that's in essence something that um, a Christian family should do is, is the word trust. Um, to trust in in God, to trust in the Lord, because He's sovereign, He's providential, and He cares for you and cares for your children. And I think um, that we are as parents also to trust um, the Lord with your child's faith as well. Sometimes we can be very active in saying we are what's going to save our children. We're not the one to save our children. It's Christ that saves our kids. So we have one uh, child that uh, was very involved in church and is away from the Lord at the moment. She uh, married someone who was a non-Christian and I had to, uh, as part of me with all my heart, with the love and, and Alison as well in this, that we had to challenge her 
to say you might think that Christ is your savior, but you're not acknowledging him as your Lord because it's quite clear in scripture not to marry someone unequally yoked. So you have to make a decision whether you choose God or you choose your husband. And that's perhaps the hardest thing I've ever had to say to my child. But in that, as Alfred has said, you know, you bring your child up in the way that they should go and in their old age, they do not depart from it. Now, that's not a given. It's a promise in some senses. It's a, it's, it's a uh, way, but, you know, in your old age, because whenever you're young, and there's a lot of you young here, <laughs> whenever you come through life, the ups and downs, the turns, the sort of, yes, I see you too, son. Um, then you suddenly realize, you know, that, uh, so I would say just as, as uh, Wendy has, has intimated as well, is that you pray, you continue to pray for them and trust in the Lord for, for their salvation um, and also that they acknowledge the lordship um, of him. So, um, The next question is, how, how have you sought to integrate your children into the church? I encouraged them to be um, part of programs that were in the church, um, Sunday school, Bible studies, youth groups, that kind of thing. And as a family, to prioritize attending church, um, you know, we would, yeah, make sure that you are there. <laughs> um, at home, you know, I would do um, Bible studies with my kids, pray with my children. I like to sing. I would sing to my kids at bedtime and that kind of thing. So they would see Christ in my um, life every day. I lived out before them. And then Sunday was a priority to get up early, get ready and go to church and worship and be with other um, people who had the same love for the Lord and priorities in their life that we had. So that was important. Um, and also um, serving in the church. So I was part of a music ministry. So my eldest daughter, she would join me in that some Sunday. She'd be up there singing with me too. So she was involved in that ministry. Um, when I was a bit younger, I taught some Sunday school classes. So I had my girls would help me with that. So they were involved with that also. Um, and then Rihanna, one of the churches we went to, she was asked to help with the creche. So she was on the creche roster. So it was really important that they get involved in serving in the church as well, because they might be kids, but they, like Reese said, they've got their own giftings and, you know, and they want to help, you know, they want to help and to serve. And um, that's why I brought my girls with me. So they weren't sort of doing it on their own. They would be mom's helper. And that was a good way to encourage them to, to serve in the church. No, I think I think covered everything, dear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, and the, the last question is, uh, what would you hope Cross and Crown prioritizes as we think about how to love the children in our church? Yeah, I, I'm I'm someone who who basically um, tries not to complicate things, <laughs> so keep it simple, stupid. Um, 
And it, even though it's a, it, it seems to be a given, but I think the centralizing the word of God and its exposition um, and proclamation of the word Sunday by Sunday in everything that is done and also its application to daily living. Um, I think the truths in scripture, the church has a very important role in actually highlighting that scripture, the Bible, is the, the breathed out word of God. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not, it is God's word, no matter what. And I think that's a very important position for the church to take because I sadly in Western evangelicalism even, you know, there's a movement away from that. And ultimately it's the Bible that actually keeps whenever um you're you're rocked on all things. So even if at one point my father also had he was a he, he was a, a pastor, so I'm a PK. Um but he also had bipolar disorder, and at times that would uh, take him over in some ways. And he would question his faith. He would question whether, uh, you know, the Bible was real or not. And I think the, the fact that outside of those times that he preached and taught and actually in the family... Uh, convinced that this is the word of God and everything in it is truth and right. That is the solid rock um, that we base our lives. And I think as a church, getting that through um, to to everyone, that no matter what happens, that this, this supernatural book that is brought to us over the millennia, that it's the breathed out word of God and you never go wrong whenever you... you uh, apply it in your lives and you learn from it and you make it uh, part of everything you do um, and it's an expression of of God's love and God's revelation to us and I think that's um, really important but there's also other uh, uh, you do the other more because Alison says John you're 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 like this da 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 but she's the practical one so It's important that um, parents are fed um, to feed the parents on the Sunday mornings in church, that mums and dads are available, you know, to sit there and to hear the word of God. Like I said before, you know, they need that encouragement and that nurturing so that they can then go home and feed their children too, um, pray with their kids, teach their kids, and that um, mums and dads are also, you know, refreshed and taught on a Sunday so that they can go into their week with the word of God fresh into their minds. Um, can you do that one, that last one? Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and also how to be a faithful parent in the gospel as well. So, so things like this as well. Um, it's also uh, an opportunity for sharing as well, and also um, the church to be practical as well and support. We we can be, and I'm very much like that. We can we can say the right things, but are we doing the right things? And um, remember, uh, and you can never be 
too much up in the church to serve. So I had a pastor once who saw that I was doing it tough with Joshua. And uh, he he saw that. And I had, at that time, I had you know pretty responsible job as well. So Alison was working um, near the weekend. So I had all the three kids over the weekend. Um, and that's for, for husbands, um, what I would say, yeah, and for wives. Wives, just have a break and give all the kids to your husband on a regular basis because they will love you more because they will know what you're, you're going through. Um, but I would look after the, the, the kids on the Saturday and sometimes I was, I would, I was also serving in the church, um, in leadership. So I was, I was starting to, uh, my wick was getting burnt a lot and, uh, the pastor actually said to me, he said, John, um, I'll come over and look, you can just have a couple of hours and I'll take Josh and the kids out to uh, not Fountain Lakes, but Fountain Gate. So uh, if you get that joke, then you're like Kath and Kim. Um, but uh, so he came around and did, did that. And um, that, that really uh, blessed, blessed me. But it also helped him as well because he came back. He said, John, how do you do it? And I said, what do you mean? How do you do it? And he said, I'm walking around and all the stares that I got and all sort of the odd looks, etc." And I said, well, actually, I don't even see that anymore. So it also helped him understand where we were as a family as well. Um, and I think that's when we serve together as a family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, um, we can, it's, it's both things. The Lord never uh, misses an opportunity to teach us, whether we're serving or we're being served. Um, and I think that's the, the lovely thing about um, uh, the church as a family. And we've been in different local expressions of the family in the, in the UK, in Scotland, um, in the US and here in Australia. And it's just a wonderful um, thing to see the gospel um, in at work and in action across the globe that we've been involved with. So, Thank you. Thank you, John and Alison. Uh, <laughs>